Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. And in today's journey through history, we're going to take a look at a very special industry that many of us probably don't realize has a big, significant footprint in Southwest Michigan. And that is the mint industry. Now, if you live in Kalamazoo or grew up in Kalamazoo, this is not new information to you. On a breezy day, you could smell mint wafting around certain areas of the city, coming from the Albert M. Todd Company, or the A.M. Todd Company, and the scents would linger in the air around the city. There's a tremendous history behind this industry, and so we're going to go into some of that today and talk about the A.M. Todd Company and the mint industry in Southwest Michigan. So come along and join me. So in today's episode, I'm going to be referring to a couple of different references. One of them is on the Kalamazoo Public Library website. There's an article that was uh, written quite a while ago about the A.M. Todd Company and its history in Kalamazoo. And it was written by two members of the Kalamazoo Library staff, uh, Catherine Larson and Martha Lorstorfer. And the original article was written in 1999, and it was updated in 2014. The other article that I'm going to be referring to comes from the Michigan Live website. It was written in 2011 by Rosemary Parker. And I'll be using some other historical references as well, but these are the two that I'm going to be uh, pulling a lot of interesting source material from today. So on a breezy day, the sweet smell of Albert M. Todd's legacy still wafts through the downtown Kalamazoo area. Now, once again, this article that I'm starting with was written and then it was edited in 2014. So the A.M. Todd Company was still in active existence when part of this article was written. Um, it's now operating under a different name, but it still has a, uh, a place in Kalamazoo today, just operating under a different company name. And um, so A.M. Todd, when he was building his boyhood interest in life, he established the mint industry in 1869, and he was so successful at it that he became known as the Peppermint King. Now, nearly 70 years after his death, the A.M. Todd Company's scents still waft around the air of Kalamazoo and the flavors of chewing gum and toothpaste around the world. The company headquarters was on Douglas Avenue in Kalamazoo. Now, Todd's interest in growing and distilling peppermint began with boyhood experimentation in his own backyard, spurred by the wide growth of mint in his native St. Joseph County, Michigan. After enrolling as a chemistry student at Northwestern University, he continued to learn all he could about the cultivation of mint, and later he studied mint production in Europe, bringing back numerous specimens from European gardens. The flavor of mint has the tendency to replace all of the other flavors in your mouth, leaving only its flavor behind, which makes this characteristic of it very popular for the production of things like toothpaste and chewing gum and even candies. For myself, I enjoy it in a nice cup of mint tea, as I'm sure many of you do as well. And coming into the holidays, it's kind of hard to not associate mint with Thanksgiving and Christmas, for example, because there's all these mint candies that get surfaced around, and there's the association maybe with mint tea if you're a tea drinker, 
or mint being used in favorite recipes. So it is all kind of uh, part of the seasonal cooking, at least around the holidays, but it's also used throughout the year in things like toothpaste and breath mints and chewing gum and so forth. So interesting facts about mint, it can only be grown in the northern hemisphere, preferably in a muck soil bottomlands. And Todd located such land in Mentha, about 12 miles northwest of Kalamazoo, and eventually putting 5,000 acres under cultivation. And in 1875, Todd began marketing his crystal white mint oil, the product of his plant cultivation and mint oil distilling inventions. And he revolutionized the industry by the introduction of improved plants and manufacturing methods and established a high standard of purity in the essential oils that he produced. And so by the turn of the century, the A.M. Todd Company Limited was responsible for half of the world's mint production. So I'm going to go into a little bit more about some of the improved mint plants that he created when I refer to the other article, but I'm just going to continue with this reference here. And it goes on to say that in 1891, the company moved its newly constructed Todd block on the southwest corner of Rose Street in Kalamazoo, where it had easy access to the rail line for shipping. Which, if you look at a lot of industries as they grew, that was a standard functionality that you wanted to have as access to the railroad. So I think anytime there was an expansion move by any kind of uh, industrial production facility and they had a choice of moving to a new location, railroad access was often considered. So this building stood as a city landmark for decades until its demolition in 1970. The Kalamazoo County Administration Building now occupies the site where the A.M. Todd Company's manufacturing building stood on the Todd block. In the 19th century, most mint oil was shipped abroad for medicinal use, but after the turn of the century, a developing taste for mint flavor, candy, and chewing gum and other products increased the domestic market. The company outgrew the Todd block and in 1929 moved to its current Douglas Avenue facility where it survived the depression and it expanded its production into citrus oils, vanilla, and other flavorings of food and also for medical and dental products. So the company existed for more than 140 years after its founding and it continued to be run by the descendants of Albert Todd. And in September 2011, certain of its assets were sold to a company called Wild Flavors GmbH of Switzerland. And the early reports were that the manufacturing was to remain in Kalamazoo. So there's a tremendous amount more material available in the Michigan Live article that was published in 2011 when the acquisition by the Swiss company occurred of the A.M. Todd company. And at that point, the company had a 142-year legacy within the city of Kalamazoo which is uh, quite a history. And at that time, it was located at the 1700 block of Douglas Avenue. And during this time period, if you rolled down your windows, you could smell mint in the neighborhood. And it was somewhat of a smell of history because that was the age-old recognition of that section of the community. So Wild Flavors GmbH, uh, which is based in Zug, Switzerland, announced that they were acquiring the A.M. Todd Group Incorporated, which it was known at this point in 2011. And the chief executive officer of the company, Raymond Hughes, said 
in the newspaper article that it was, in certain ways, representing the end of an era. And he went on to state that the Todd family was responsible for building up most of the recognizable international brand for mint expertise over the last 142 years. So that was quite a... Uh, acquisition for the Wild Company. Now, some interesting points is that Albert M. Todd was just 19 years old in 1869 when he founded the company. And a few years later, he put Southwest Michigan on the map as the world leader in mint production and extraction of mint oil. Todd then built massive plantations, the Mentha Plantation in Van Buren County's Pine Grove Township and Campania near Fenville, which was the largest plantation in the world at the time. And then in 1924, a soil-borne fungus, fertilian wilt, was discovered on Michigan's mint crops. And part of the Todd Company's work became developing plant varieties resistant to this serious disease. And by the mid-1970s, A.M. Todd scientists had introduced two verticillian-resistant peppermint varieties— and through the Mint Industry Research Council, donated them to the U.S. peppermint industry. Other Todd plant varieties donated by the company in the 1970s are the backbone of the mint collection of the U.S. Department of Agriculture's National Clonal Germplasm Repository in Corvallis, Oregon. So the company spent years developing a resistant mint to this fungus that was a soil-borne fungus that was destroying mint crops. And so their research, rather than keeping it to themselves, they made it available to other mint manufacturing companies and others in the mint industry around the United States, which is quite a statement to the way this company thought about the future of uh, their industry. But even with the new resistant varieties, the mint industry had changed. The very large mint farms no longer existed, and in later days it became a situation where the A.M. Todd Company didn't even grow mint at all, nor did it purchase Michigan-grown mint by 1970. Now, this is not to say that Michigan has totally disappeared from the mint scene, but as the southwest Michigan soils had become contaminated with this wilt organism, which can linger for years, what was left of Michigan's mint production was moved north and east in the state to Clinton County, St. John's area. And the family of Tom Iyer, who is the co-owner of Stony Creek Essential Oils, has been growing mint in the St. John's area since 1953. And the basics have changed very little. Mint fields are started from cuttings, and they're mowed once or twice a season, and then the hay is steamed, and the essential oils are captured, and then they're shipped in 55-gallon drums to companies like AM. Todd. So there still is the purchasing of the oil at this point in 2011. And so there still is the purchasing of oil from Michigan farms in 2011. But the AM Todd company was no longer growing the mint in the southwest Michigan area. And of the 2,500 acres grown in Michigan of mint, Stony Creek grows about 2,000 acres of that amount. So they have most of the production and yield of mint in the state of Michigan. And this annual yield is about 65 pints per acre of peppermint and 85 pints per acre of spearmint. Now the fields are rotated annually as they plant new crops, 
to avoid diseases like wilt that can linger in the soil for like 50 years. And they have to take great care in washing all of the equipment as it moves from field to field so they don't create contamination and possibly spread this fungus if it develops in the, in the soil to other fields. And most growers of mint have their own distilleries and sell the oil. The only markets for mint hay are the garnishment or mint tea. So they're selling the mint hay that there's a limited market. The oils are the primary market of what they were selling. So they do sell some mint for garnishment in foods and things like that for restaurants and people cooking or the manufacture of mint tea. So currently, Michigan's role in the mint industry in present day is not as big nationally or worldwide as it used to be. Um, the mint agriculture is now centered in the Pacific Northwest in the United States. So in Washington and Oregon. Now, this article was written in 2011 at the purchase by Wild Flavors GmbH of the AM Todd Company. They only held on to the company for four years, and they sold it to the Chicago-based agricultural company Archer Daniels Midland in July of 2014 for $3 billion. So the manufacturing of the uh, oil and some of the products are still there in Kalamazoo. It has an employee base of about 50 people from, based on what I'm seeing in the articles I'm reading. Um, but the umbrella company is no longer Wild Flavors out of Switzerland. It's the Chicago-based company now. And uh, I don't have a current report on how that company is doing. So perhaps somebody from Kalamazoo could uh, comment in the description of this episode and give us a current update on uh, what the AM Todd or evolution of the AM Todd company is in present day in Kalamazoo. However, the A.M. Todd legacy has a strong history within the city of Kalamazoo, and it's uh, strongly associated with a multitude of contributions outside of the mint industry that it has made for Michigan and Kalamazoo, and it includes a massive collection of fine art that was donated to area educational institutions. There was a rare book collection bequeathed to the Kalamazoo College from Todd's legacy. Um, the Todd Farm Fields in Fenville that attracted tens of thousands of visitors each fall to view hundreds of thousands of migrating giant Canadian geese. That is an attraction today, even in the Fenville area. Uh, the Gilmore Car Museum, where a huge five-story barn which once housed mint hay on one of the early plantations has been restored and now shelters vintage vehicles. So there is another connection with the Todd legacy in southwest Michigan. And the other factor is the science of mint itself. And in the field of the laboratory, it has benefited from Todd's tradition and the quality and the knowledge of quality and purity and consistency of mint oils and its creation, as well as the crystal white peppermint oil, which he developed in 1875, still remains an industry standard for high-quality premium mint oil even to present day. And through their knowledge and research, they've been able to create new mint plant varieties over the years, which now offer a wider range of flavors of this plant, and it also created more disease-resistant plants that can create higher yields per acre. So the legacy of the A.M. Todd company and the man who was passionate about extracting mint oil and making it an industry and how long they lasted in as an independent company within Kalamazoo, 142 years, is quite a legacy for Southwest Michigan's history. And 
So whenever you reach for something mint-flavored today, maybe you're brushing your teeth this morning, or maybe you had that cup of mint tea, or uh, have a desire for some peppermint candy this holiday season, think about that and the legacy that was created by A.M. Todd, and it happened right here in Southwest Michigan. But that's going to conclude today's journey through history. And I'll put the links to some of these articles in the description of this episode if you want to read them yourself. A lot of interesting material there. And if you'd like to reach out to me, you can always find me at michaeldelaware.com. And I have a contact form on my website there. There's also the Facebook page, Michael Delaware Author, that I encourage you to go on over to and, and hit the follow button. And speaking of the holiday season, we're almost uh, four weeks away or five weeks away now from the annual Christmas performance of Tales of Christmas Past that I'm going to be participating in and directing at the Battle Creek Regional History Museum. And I did that last year. It was a wonderful success. We sold out two performances, um, and it was a great, uh, wonderful feeling for holiday spirit. So you should definitely put it on your calendar for December 16th to come to one of those two performances. The matinee show starts at 2 p.m., and the evening performance is at 6 p.m. And I'll put the link where you can purchase tickets in the show note descriptions so that you can get your tickets early. There's a limited number of them available online, and there are print tickets available at the museum, which is located at 307 West Jackson Street in Battle Creek, and they are open on weekends. Saturday, they're open 10 to 4, and on Sunday, they are open noon to 4. If you want to stop by at a different time, then you can check out the website BCRHM and check out their calendar and see if there are any evening events that you can come to. There is another Betty Hutton film in November, and there may be some other events on the schedule as we approach December. But currently, the big event that we have on our calendar at the museum for December is the Tales of Christmas Past event. And there's a lot of great people involved with this. Not only is it the museum staff helping put this together, but also the my fellow performers include Dave Eddy, Bobby Mathis, Donna Rickman, who have all been on my podcast before, Brian McCombs and Jill McCombs. Uh, Brian's been on the podcast a few different times. Wonderful people to work with, very much entertainers in their own right, and they try to make it wonderfully fun for everybody. And this year's program is going to be very much for kids. So uh, check that out, put that on your calendar, and let's celebrate some of the holiday season together. So until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday and we explore even more fascinating tales of Southwest Michigan's past, thank you for listening.